On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we talk with comedian and booker Katie Epoch about dealing with bullying and harassment in positions of power. We also talk about setting boundaries as a people pleaser. Check out The Smoke Break every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hi, friends. And Katie Epoch. Hi. Welcome. Some of the, I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. I'm super stoked to be here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead and tell me just real quick about your guys' relationship so that way uh, we know who we're talking to. Yes. So I met Katie through Bend Comedy. Um, she's been a producer and booker there for a while. Has always been someone that's kind of like given me opportunities and helped book me and kind yeah. of uplift me in that scene and just made me feel like I was a professional when I <laughs> imposter syndrome didn't feel like yeah. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And I have family in Bend. So I always try and like do some comedy while I'm there anyways. But yeah. I like performing there too. Um, so yeah, we just kind of got closer um, because of that. But also I think we both just kind of saw the hardworking badass bitch in each other and have also kind yeah. of uplifted each other in that way as well. Yeah, awesome, hard working awesome. recognizes yes. hard work. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I see you, boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I appreciate that. Um, so you are a a, a booker, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. I almost said pre- I almost said the the dreaded p word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what's the difference just for people who aren't really sure? So it's actually a very recent transition for okay. me. So as of last month. I owned a company called Apocalyptic Productions, gotcha. and we produced comedy shows. Which gotcha. is a clever um, name, by the way. Dude, yeah, yeah. I I named my company like a comic mm-hmm. and not like a business person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apocalyptic isn't even spelled the way people would expect it to be spelled. <laughs> and, like, and my original good luck dom- googling it. Yeah, <laughs> and like the original domain was apocalypticproductions.com, which oh, is a nice. lot to type. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So yeah, and I produced shows all over Bend in a sense yeah. that I would take comedy, take it to a place, book it and put it together. Gotcha. And as of the start of November, I am now specifically booking shows at Craft Kitchen and Brewery as their um, event manager. We call awesome. it facilitator of fun. Fas- ooh, facilitator <laughs> of fun. Of fun. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> and so I'm not really a producer anymore because Craft as a business is producing it. Yeah, now I'm gotcha. basically one of the employees. You're just picking, putting- you're picking the people. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So I I imagine with uh, running just about anything that there are going to be hurdles, uh, and most of those hurdles are other people. (laughs) Uh, They they tend to be they tend to be tricky. Um, So as far as as your uh, production and uh, your booking experience, like what are are some some things that you've run into uh, just (laughs) with with people? You know, people, so many. Uh, so the whole reason why I started my production company was because I was blacklisted from the only two stages in Bend. Okay. And Bend is not really big. Bend doesn't no, have a lot of stages. No, it's not. Um, and so I was stuck with the choice of either never doing stand up again mm. or just creating my open mic, my own open mic. And at that time was right about the time that I got picked up to be the DJ at a country bar. Okay. Oh. Which is one of the cr- most cringiest sen- yeah, sentences I yeah. ever say. If you guys are watching the video, she cringed <laughs> hard. <laughs> um, and so I was able to get that bar to also let me run an open mic. And so the whole point was so I could still do stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the country bar. Yeah. Like they, so the country bar let me do stand up. They only let me do stand up for, or uh, let me do open mics there. It was maybe a twice. Little, <laughs> it was a little under a year. Uh, we had we had a black man who started doing stand up. 
Uh, and he I'm would so excited. He <laughs> would say he would say the N word in his a lot, a lot. <laughs> And it made the owner of a country bar incredibly nervous. And so they asked me to tell him to not say it anymore. <laughs> and I am not going to tell yeah, yeah. someone of color that yeah. they can't use a slur. Listen, like, we, we took everything from you. Now we need this word back too. Yeah, like I wasn't going to do it. And so I literally looked at the owner and I said, well, this is going to be our last open mic. And then I called Craft Kitchen and Brewery when at the time we were just doing once a month shows. I was like, I really need a favor. Is there any chance you'll be our new home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was a tough experience. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, it was it well, was one of the first times because Bend is not really nope. a very diverse place. Yeah, it's not. I'm still I'm from Burns. Yeah. Oh, so, so so Bend is diverse. Cause it, it, see, you know, it's you a big know. city. You're probably yeah. looking at me. Oh, like, yeah, why absolutely. You, yeah. Why are you complaining? Like, wait, you guys have a black person? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That was Zane and Burns. Yeah, that was just me. Yeah, and you then I left the one that was I did. There. I changed the whole you. census. It was the whole census. It just flipped it on its head. <laughs> Way to go! Thank you, thank you. Um, so and it was yeah. that was my first time having, and at the time I didn't even understand what I was having to do, but like a sense of allyship and having yeah. to make a choice between do I basically protect the freedom of speech of this person of color, or I do do I protect someone's feelings, a, a venue, or a something, mediocre yeah. white man's feelings? <laughs> yeah, and I chose to protect the freedom of speech of the person of color. Which, yes, uh, but I have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. yeah. and. I had never been in a position of power up to this point. Okay. I I had always said up to this point that I love being a right-hand man. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, having sure. somebody else who's making decisions and it's my job to make those decisions happy. That's where I'd always been. That's mm-hmm. why I was happy. Not a bad place to be. I don't want the vision. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be responsible for how the vision comes out. Yep. But if you want to give me tasks, I will do them. Sure. And so I had a lot of anxiety making that decision. Did I make the right decision? And of course... And this was in 20, I want to say it was 2017. Uh, So there were not many people in comedy then that were kind of pro the idea of having um, content restrictions on mics at that point. And at that that moment, I was obviously standing up for we're not going to restrict this. Yeah. But that last mic we had there, I did have to say here are the things you can't say. And Mm. as a group of comedians, they said everything that they couldn't say. That's Mm. crazy. I didn't even sound like comedians. Yeah. 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 Pushing the envelope. (laughs) So, and that was hard to sit through and like worry about the consequences and like, is this gonna get is this gonna get us in trouble? Cause I as a producer, you carry the anxiety of everything. Yeah. Sure. People you know, can the, walk away, but it does like fall on you at the end of the day. If people mess it up for everyone, it's your fault because yeah. you produced it, you brought them there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that that was hard from a people standpoint of like, do I get really hardcore with this and stop this mic and say, No, you can't say these things? Or do I stand up for the fact that they're really speaking up against something that I believe they should be speaking yeah. up against mm-hmm. and take the hit? And I ended up just choosing to kind of take the hit. Yeah. And nothing really came of it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up with a really beautiful comedy home out of it, which was wonderful. And I only DJed there for a couple more years. So, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think, you know, first off, thank you for, uh, you know, standing up in the way as an ally. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, no, I'm there for them. And then when they need oh. to be, they're just like, well, I mean, what if my thing is at, at, at stake? I don't want to. I don't want to so, lose what I thank have. You. Or thank something. you for validate- yeah. validating. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Puff up your afro a little bit. Uh, you just grew one. Um, does, my, does that mean I'm invited? <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs> I'm not even invited to the cookout. 
uh, but we can go together. Uh, <laughs> um, but that being said, you know, like uh, trying to figure out how to navigate other people's feelings in in a space of trying to do what you're trying to do is a very very delicate thing. Um, and figure out how to navigate those feelings and also when and how to prioritize them. Exactly, yeah. that's a really good point too. Because there comes a point when you end up in a position of leadership that you end up having to prioritize people's feelings. Yeah. You know, you you know that you're going to make a decision that's going to hurt people's feelings. Sure. You know, so then you have to prioritize, is it worth hurting people's feelings? Yeah. yeah. Do and I have a moral obligation to hurt these feelings? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, being able to judge, you know, that this somebody's going to be hurt by this regardless but like i can i can reduce the amount of harm that comes out of it by picking where it kind of lands which is a wonderful skill as a leader to have but it is incredibly stressful mm -hmm. and i yeah. think sometimes don't people don't give people in positions of power enough grace when it comes to that oh yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you can get a lot of negative feedback from people sure. and you can get a lot of pressure from people. Sure. And then you add on the fact that I am a woman. Yeah. You add on the fact that I am not a stereotypically attractive woman. So I don't have the benefit of someone who maybe doesn't like the decision I made still might want to have sex with me. So they're still going to be kind. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Cause they're, you know, I don't, I don't have that pretty privilege. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Um, and so you make a decision that upsets them. And unfortunately, I find this a lot in mediocre straight white men. Mm -hmm. I hate to, you know, <laughs> there's a pattern. pigeonhole people. Listen, but... listen, <laughs> stereotypes exist for a reason. <laughs> so I can laugh about them. Uh, I think that's, is that, is that the reason? <laughs> you know, and so you don't prior prioritize the feelings of a group that is used to being the most prioritized sure, when it comes sure. to how they feel about a situation. And you end up with a lot of... Um, Hate, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a so, lot of recoil and a lot of yeah. What's uh, what's been so like? Uh, if you don't mind sharing, like, what's been kind of like your experience with like receiving some of that hate, especially oh. coming out of like Central Oregon? I can imagine they'd say some pretty nasty stuff. Um. <laughs> well, and the the thing, and a lot of it comes down to being territorial, which makes no sense to me. Yeah, you know, comedy <laughs> laughter is not a finite resource. Yeah. So just because someone is producing a comedy show doesn't mean that you people can't. aren't going to laugh at yours, right? Yeah. Um. And it's just that same kind of competition within comedians. Just because someone's getting a lot of laughs doesn't mean you're going to get less laughs later. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, or even the idea that like, oh, somebody got booked, so now I can't get booked. It's yeah. like, well, that's it. Doesn't you don't need to look at it like that. You need to be excited that they got booked and look at the yeah. potential that there's a show you could one day be booked on. Yeah, yeah. And, and but instead, you get people with expectations and assuming that they deserve things yeah. really going after the people that have to make a decision that's contrary to that thought process and that's I social media has probably made that worse I think social media is where I've had the majority of the negativity coming at me and sure. so you can see it yeah mm -hmm. it's you know it's hard enough to hear that you're fat or that people hate you or that everybody in the Pacific Northwest says that Central Oregon is a horrible scene for comedy and it's all my fault. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Specific. yeah. I carry yeah. it's it's amazing. I carry a lot of power with people when they're mad at me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like then suddenly I control the world. Like mm -hmm. I have ruined oh, yeah. careers. I produce shows <laughs> in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> and they'll never get booked anywhere. There's yeah, no yeah, career yeah. to ruin mm -hmm. here. Sure, like, sure. 
<laughs> I've done the most road work of anyone in Bend this year, and I've done yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's not to say that I, I will always be a proponent of the talent in Bend, and I think Bend has more talent than people realize, and I think yeah. a lot sure. of people sleep on that. But anyway, <laughs> that's getting off track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I get... I get a lot of that kind of feedback. It kind of comes down to she's not as blank as she thinks she's in. She's not as powerful as she thinks she is. She's yeah. not as important as she thinks she is. But then so, they say these things that contradict that by yeah. saying that you have all this power, yeah, then that you're I, ruining people's careers. I yeah. ruin people's careers. You so simultaneously have no power and, and have ruined everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick you one. know, or I, I have yeah. the power to take venues from people. <laughs> I don't own any yeah. venue. Yeah. yeah. At no point did I get to make a decision about who a venue gets to work with. That's yeah. not my call. Yeah. yeah the venue gets to decide whether yeah. they want to work with that's different not, people or not. That's not mm -hmm. my choice. Yeah. And what's hard about that, especially for somebody with anxiety and with depression, and honestly, who struggles with suicidality, mm -hmm. you get enough of that negativity. Yeah. And it starts to reinforce what you're already fighting. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. for and sure. I think for me, that's why every six months or so, you know, it would, I first I'd be like, I want to quit producing because mm -hmm. there'd be so much drama. There'd be so much toxicity. There's so much going on. And so many people saying that I'm the problem mm -hmm. and just constantly yeah. that finally be like, you know what? It's time to step away. Yeah. And then you step away and it still doesn't stop and they still come after you. Yeah. And it's added with, she's not producing shows anymore. Yeah. Ding dong. The, the wicked witch is dead. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been too hard for them or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we still fucking hate her and she's still a narcissist yeah. and she's da da da. Well, that to the point you're like, maybe it's better if I'm just not here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I I think that you know that's a that's a really important thing to to kind of bring up is that like yeah you already have all these pre existing ideas of yourself and when people start reinforcing those in a very negative way it's hard not to like latch onto that like yeah. I'm I'm already fighting feelings of inferiority mm -hmm. you telling me that I suck isn't like yeah it's it's not helping me grow it's not helping you grow like it's it it really um just kind of gets to like a toxic point where there's 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 nothing really coming out of it except more negativity yeah and that's why bullying harassment is really a mental health issue mm. yeah cuz even if you aren't in that place it can take you to that place yeah and if you are already in that place definitely it can take you deeper it's mm. it's hard yeah um yeah, I, and I don't think people realize that someone in a position of power is still a human being. Yeah. You know, just because we're making decisions that affect your lives. And I use air quotes because I'm talking about stand up comedy and Ben Morgan. Mm. Like, I'm not really making decisions that's like keeping people from paying rent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're in a position. They're pretty make, good for these shows. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, oh no, you lost a chance to make 20 bucks every, every two months. But the drink tickets, how am I supposed to drink yeah. for my family? Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to provide oh, free alcohol for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then. They equate you making that decision with the ability to speak truth to power. Mm -hmm. But it, first of all, I would argue that it's not truth. Yeah. But or, they yeah. get, they think that means they get to take it to a next level. There's a difference between someone saying to me, I don't agree with your business decision mm -hmm. and cutting you, you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible difference. Absolutely, absolutely, and unfortunately, especially as one of them provides rooms to, to grow, the other one just yeah. points out a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think when you talk about, you know, mediocre white men who are used to being in a position, being able to tell a woman whatever they want, whenever they want, and now there's a woman in power. Mm -hmm. 
they're even more likely to cut you down so they can feel better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that turns, yeah, that's hard. It yeah. Is. Well, no, I, I, I definitely appreciate you like sharing that experience because, you know, whether it's producing or it's it's being in the entertainment industry as a as a femme, like that's not mm-hmm. something that's I, that's not a perspective that I have. It's not one that I really understand. I've seen what Amanda's gone through, but even then I don't really understand the experience. So yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Of course. Yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. You. We're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Wednesday evenings at 9 p.m. Come explore the spaces between friends. DJ 1017 takes you into a universe unlike any other. From Pink Floyd to the Flaming Lips and anything else interstellar. The Spaces Between Friends with DJ 1017. Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Come explore with us here on Shady Pines Radio. And we are back with the smoke break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindio. Hi, friends. And Katie Epoch. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so the next topic I wanted to talk about, and they kind of lead together, yeah. uh, people pleasing. Um, I <sighs> okay. I am a huge people pleaser. And I think I think I realized I was a people pleaser when I was 20 years old. Uh, it's my ex fiance, my ex at the time. He wasn't my ex at my time. We were engaged. Um, we were um, in the midst of an intimate act and he pooped on my stomach. Oh. And I did not take a shower until after making sure he had an orgasm. Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I also literally used the words, it's okay, it happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I literally chose ensuring that his ego his was comfort. safe uh-huh. over my basic hygiene yeah um and that was like the first moment as i was in that shower scrubbing my stomach that i was like you know what Mm -hmm. yeah something about this isn't right i might have given away too much of myself in a moment like Mm -hmm. it's that's what i you know and that goes back to childhood you know Mm -hmm. when your parents want a people pleaser and you are rewarded for pleasing them Mm -hmm. not for doing the right thing but for doing the they thing Mm -hmm. yeah you get trained to do that yeah Mm -hmm. well and i think that that's that's a really uh like i i guess like in a sense that's a very eye-opening experience because it's like it really makes you understand that like i put this person's uh Mm -hmm. ego or needs in Mm -hmm. front of my own comfort and Mm -hmm. and what i wanted out of a situation and uh, that's really to me what people pleasing is is yeah. is taking your di- taking your comfort and saying that can take a backseat because I need to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda, what about you with uh, with people pleasing? Is that something that you you find yourself uh, doing currently? You used to do something you broke the habit of? Um, I guess in relationships more so than like in other situations um, because that's like a needing to feel loved kind of thing. Um, I don't want to come off as mean. But I feel like with friends, I'm more able to communicate my needs and not feel worried about it. But like, especially in a new relationship, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to upset this person. So I'll do whatever they want. I've like been training myself out of that. 
Yeah. Um, and it got to a point where it was almost like, I want to scare people away and just be a selfish bride. If they still like me, then they really love me, which is also <laughs> not good. It's like going the opposite direction. Uh, <laughs> um, so oh, just, you. Just communicating clearly what you want and what you need. And also, yeah. like, when you have that moment where you feel like something's not right, to address it in the moment. Because I used to, like trying to convince myself that wasn't what was happening mm -hmm. and then it would just like stick around and then there's like weird resentment and stuff yeah. that builds um so just in the moment be like hey i didn't like that like don't yeah. do that again and then people are like oh okay or and they don't do it again or they're like well i don't know why you're upset then you're like oh well fuck Ugh. you okay yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's like an instant way to find out if that person actually yeah. cares about your comfort as well yeah yeah and i i really like that you brought up uh just addressing things in the moment yeah. Excuse me, is because that's something that like I have a really hard time with. It's um, tough, but you got to keep doing it. Yeah, it's it so fucking uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It's so it uncomfortable. So hard. What if they like me less because I said I had a problem good. with the thing that? Uh, but but then that's good because <laughs> you establish a boundary right in the moment. Well, yeah, and, and she can respect it or not. I I was uh, I'll give you like one se oh. one second to yeah uh, to interject that, but um something that like I realized uh, or something that I guess I've always kind of preached is like you know. Fuck you and I love you are two things that like you should always say sober, you know, but are so mm -hmm. much easier to say when you're drunk. Uh. But the thing is, is I think both of those things are things that you should say to everybody <laughs> at one point, at one point, yeah. because I love you is recognizing that this person is an important person to you mm. and fuck you is setting a boundary. Mm hmm. And I think that if you love somebody, that right. you should be able to set a boundary if they've crossed it and be like, hey, what was that was not cool. Uh -huh, you know, yeah. like that's what just happened there. Uh -huh. Not cool. Like if you can't say I love you and fuck you and still be friends, then you're probably not friends. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> it took me a while. I wasn't sure if I was on board with you, but now yeah, I'm like, no. well, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, you've told me fuck you quite a few times. <laughs> I also said I love you too. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And then uh, we're still friends, so can't prove me wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, people pleasing is definitely it's it's a really tricky thing. Uh, where do you think that that kind of desire to uh, to make sure that people are comfortable before you comes from in your case? I it definitely comes from childhood. Mm -hmm. It definitely comes from my relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think it also comes from my relationship with my siblings. Mm -hmm. My sister is 12 years older than I am. My brother is eight years older than I am. And so I'm there was never acceptance from them because yeah. I was You're not only was kid. I younger, I was mm. way, younger. way younger. Like no one wants to take their elementary school sister mm -hmm. to a college party. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As they shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, um, but it, between those three connections, it created this both lack of affirmation, but, only affirmation through service. Mm. Only yeah. affirmation through doing what you want. Yeah. What What can I do for you that will get me the the validation that yeah. I'm looking yeah. for? Will give me any attention whatsoever. Yeah, sure. And with the siblings, like the age gap that big, like they kind of do treat the little one mm -hmm. like you have to do this for me. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. Have, like make you be their servant essentially. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's and it it yeah. So it, it comes from childhood. It's ingrained. Yeah. It's one of those shadow work, spiritual gardening, whatever sure. you want to call it, things that I still have to untie in the back of my head yeah. and figure out how to both work around and work with and yeah. kind of appreciate that it's not always a bad thing if you can put boundaries on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. You... Yeah, I, I I think that that's, that's a really good um, point to bring up is just that like it's... It, the 
The thing about people pleasing is that once you realize you're doing it, it gives you the opportunity to set boundaries so that way you can be happy in your mm-hmm. life. Because obviously you're taking care of everybody else. Like you're taking care of your other responsibilities. Your boss is happy. Your partner's happy. Your kid, you know what I mean? Like all these other people are taken care of. Now it's like, okay, how do I set boundaries in my life so that way I can make sure that I feel as comfortable with myself as I possibly yeah, can? Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, Learning to not lose yourself. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, it's against Eminem's advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he suggested it, so I was just like, <laughs> in the moment, uh, I will. I want it. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what about you, Amanda? Um, like, what's what? I, I guess. Uh, when do you catch yourself trying to people please, and like, how do you kind of combat that? Um. Like I said, just in relationships in the beginning, because I yeah. want it to work and I want people to like me. Um, well, like partners more so. I don't know why that's such a thing. Probably just yeah. like a lack of love or like self esteem in that area. Yeah. Um, you feel like they can provide you something with their love that like maybe you wouldn't be able to find in a friendship. So you're like, this is this is a one I need to keep happy. Because with friends, I feel like you know you find your people and they love you for who you are. And I don't want fake friends. I've never been interested yeah. in. I want a fake fr- partner. <laughs> I, because I just didn't feel like I that I was lovable or something yeah. in a romantic way. So it's like, okay, well, I have to be some, and it's like pressures of being a woman and like the perfect woman for someone. There's a lot of shit that we have to do to like keep a man. And it's like, well, all articles are in every magazine ever that we're like fed when we're children, you yeah. know, like my mom's magazines or whatever, waiting rooms. So a lot of it is like, what can you do to keep your man instead of like, how can you not be a piece of shit to your woman? There's yeah. never that article. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot start of writing like, a new magazine. Yeah, oh, I will. How <laughs> <laughs> to go being a little bitch until you love her already. God. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of it is just like, well, you should be different if you want a man to love you because he's not going to love you for being a, you know, a chubby, hairy, sassy broad. You better be a small, petite, hairless little angel child or whatever the fuck. Weird. <laughs> fucking gross shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I better make sure that they're comfortable because I, if I'm too much myself, they won't love me anymore. But if you're my friend, I'm like, yeah, you fucking like me for me, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I, I found it kind of interesting that you had, had brought up the idea that like, oh, you know, like if... Like with these people, if I'm if I'm myself, then I'll find my people. But it's like that's that's almost like a, a something that I feel like we need to carry over into relationships. Oh, for sure. Is that like I need to show, be able to show up as myself, mm-hmm. set boundaries as I see fit, and have the people stick around that that right. I want to stick. Yeah, well, to the point where I'm in like a healthy relationship, but I didn't believe it because mm-hmm. I was like, "There's no way this dude likes me for me." <laughs> you know, right. I was like, "You're like too perfect," and he's yeah. just like. He doesn't think he's perfect or that neither of us think that we're like too good for one another. Mm -hmm. We both enjoy like making the other person happy, but it's not like I'm making you happy so you won't leave me and you'll love me. It's not like a desperate thing. It's like we both want to like please the other person in a healthy way, which is weird. Well, and I I (laughs) for me. Yeah. Well, I think that that's really that's really important is like recognizing that like being uh, in service to other people or or doing things in a way that is beneficial to them isn't a bad thing. It's, it's just making sure that you aren't giving away a part yeah, of yourself I like in what, order to what do Katie that. Katie said about that too is like it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like how can I make sure that like this is still a part of me and it's beautiful to want to like yeah. love and help and do things for people, but I make sure that you're not doing it instead of something you need or in hopes that they'll do it back, but you don't yeah. tell them, "Hey, yeah. I would really like if you also did this for me too." Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, I guess for like me, um, people pleasing, it it comes from like a space of I I was always um 
like as a mixed race person, I was always trying to find a, a way to make other people feel comfortable, you mm -hmm. know, like because I was black and people would be afraid of me. I'm like, oh, how do you present yourself in a way that like people aren't immediately just repulsed by the sight of you and in fear that they might be stolen from or whatever. So it it came from this place of like just trying to make other people comfortable and mm -hmm. To a certain extent, I'm I'm appreciative of the the things that I've picked up in in making people comfortable. But at the same time, it's like there was a lot of times where I would allow abuse towards me because I was trying to to please these people. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, you can call me whatever. Oh, you can say you can say the meanest thing, and oh, he's saying it because he likes you. And and that that's where I found myself giving away mm -hmm. parts of myself in order to be liked. And uh, yeah. that's that's really. It's something that I've I've really tried to make a conscious effort to make sure that like I'm not doing now because mm -hmm. it's being when I had that I guess near death experience it wasn't I guess it was a near death experience <laughs> yeah. but right. but having that moment it really made me realize that like if everybody likes me or nobody likes me if I was gonna die in that moment I was gonna die in that moment yeah. And so going forward, I've I've just made this kind of like conscious, you know, thought in my head of it does it as much as I thought that it mattered at a point, like I have to understand that like being liked and and making sure that everybody's good before you're good isn't it's not going to do you any good if if yeah. it's, if your time's up, you know, yeah. and I, yeah. I want to be able to in that moment that like my time is up, be like, hey, I did the things that were good for me that did not cause harm to others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a that's definitely an important place to build from. Right. So yeah. finding like that motivation internally instead of like externally yeah. exactly exactly mm -hmm. um doing it for the right reason yeah. <laughs> and i think like the negative side of people pleasing is just having a fear of boundaries so like if you're mm -hmm. not afraid of setting a boundary then it's okay if you want to like do nice things for people yeah so just like don't be afraid that if you set a boundary they're not going to like you anymore because those right. are people you shouldn't really want to like you anyways yeah. but that's really hard <laughs> yeah to admit that because what if you really like them you'll, yeah. you'll put up with some mm -hmm. form of abuse which is not okay right you mm -hmm. need to have that hard boundary of like, if this person doesn't accept the line I'm drawing, I don't want them in my life. Yeah, right. then I don't accept this person. Yeah, totally. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Patches, come here, boy. I love Patches, and that's why I love Patch Dog. Hey, Dad, were you calling me? No, I was calling the dog Patches. Yes, Father? Oh, not you, honey. Patch Dog makes custom iron-on embroidery patches. I can give them my design, and in a couple weeks, I've got custom patches. They can be of my daughter Patches, my son Patches Jr., or even my dog Patches. Yes, dear. Uh, no, no, that's Patches, my wife. I'm just making a commercial. And because Patch Dog loves you so much, use the code SPR10 for a 10% discount. Yay. And you know know they've got that free domestic shipping. For more information, check out patch.dog and fall in love with patches like me. Did you yes, me? dear. No, I'm making a commercial for patch.dog. I'm Zane Thomas, and I just slammed that coffee. <laughs> you sure did. Welcome back to the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I am wired for sound. <laughs> and your host, Zane Thomas, here with Amanda Lindio. Hi, friends. And Katie Epoch. Hey. All right, cool. So we are going to move on to the joke break. Uh, favorite thing about the joke break, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not, just like comedy. <laughs> this week, our question is upside down. This Perfect. week, uh, our question is, 
What's the furthest you've ever gone in the name of love, a crush, or getting laid? Oh no. <laughs> this is a very broy question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did white face one time. Uh, <laughs> people pleasing. I don't know. She seemed into it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the circle. Uh, okay. What about you, Amanda? What's what's the what is God, it? Uh, the furthest you've what's ever gone. What's your deepest gone? shame for love? I'm yeah. like, God, yeah. skip this. How far have you driven to get yeah. laid? Oh my God, I feel like this kind of fits in our theme with people pleasing, which is something that sure. <laughs> I mean, we can tie it back. <laughs> yeah, being a people pleaser to get people pleased. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. There you go nice. <laughs> That's a good finger gun. I was like, I kind of want to watch you go to comedy. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So far as I've gone. Oh, boy. I think just like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, let's get real, bro. Come on. I was like young and I was, uh, you know, um, (laughs) I. I am so excited. I liked this dude, and he was older, and he was in a band, and I would like pretend that I didn't know where he was and show up. I don't like it. Make it stop. Yeah, and I was like friends with his friends, so like I would go places where like his bandmates and his friends were, and be like, "Oh, I didn't know you were gonna be here." Weird. When like, of course I fucking did. (laughs) Saw his Facebook post. (laughs) Yeah, but then if he was on MySpace, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This this sounds like like an AOL instant message. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a way message. <laughs> yeah. And then like if he wasn't there, I'd be like, oh, this party, party sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would totally go anyways. Um, I don't know. I guess just like <laughs> uh, my best friend and I would like b- pretend we were into stuff we were into to get boys yeah. to like us, which is like kind of normal, I guess. Um yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I hate this question. You, yeah, you you've trauma dumped enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there is a chance for a lot of people that this question is trauma dumping, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because for some people, chasing love is is a part of filling a wound. Yeah, you know, call, sure. you know, filling. You know, maybe the daddy-sized hole in your heart. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm for sure calling it my daddy-sized hole in my heart. My father is going to hate it. <laughs> will you fill my daddy hole? Yeah, will you? <laughs> I I have said that. <laughs> I oh my god, it's amazing. I have a stripper level daddy daddy issues without the stripper level confidence. <laughs> Dang, that is that is what kept me from the pool, and I regret it. I wish I still, still time. There's still hey, time. I know. dreams. <laughs> exactly. You can be a com- comedian. Come on. I mean, a dream is a wish. You're Courtney. <laughs> so, uh, so what about you? Was it the daddy hole thing or? <laughs> It pretty yeah. I was thinking uh, as Amanda was talking because why listen to Amanda? Just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. um, I didn't want anyone to listen. <laughs> I was like, everyone turn away. Uh. <laughs> I think about all the times when I turned eighteen that I was going on plenty of fish because plenty of fish like, has been around you that turn fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> it's been around that long, and literally put into the like age of what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Like literally put in thirty to sixty mm-hmm. at eighteen. Mm-hmm. Daddy hole, D- yeah. yeah, the dad range. Yeah, you know how many men that I met in AOL chat rooms <laughs> oh, I that I that. then met. <laughs> there was one. <laughs> I was eighteen. He was 
30 something mm-hmm. at 1130 at night. Oh, God. I walked to the library and met him in a dark, unlit parking lot. <laughs> Let him drive me around. Ended up on top of Pilot Butte. If you know anything about Ben, it's Pilot Butte. Um, Three smoke pot. <laughs> and made out with him because he asked. <laughs> and my whole hope the whole time was, man, I hope this means he's going to become my boyfriend and he's going to love me. Um, like I was literally doing it. And at the time, I didn't know that I was basically trying to get this you know, somebody else to do what my parents should have done. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead, I'm putting myself in a situation that should have turned out very differently. Yeah, sure, sure. Def- that should have been turn. a Netflix documentary. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so I I have, and I, that's not the young example. Like, I've done that a lot. I've yeah. put my physical, like, I've put Point myself safety. in harm's way. Yeah. I have risked my safety in hopes of receiving any sort of affirmation whatsoever. Yeah. And so get yeah, no that that that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've definitely looked back on stuff and been like, wow, that could have ended real badly. Just For like sure. being super drunk in Chicago and hooking up with strangers or yeah. like mm-hmm. just stuff that now I'm like, ugh, you know. But yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I must have needed some kind of love or affirmation mm-hmm. or something, but like I'm very glad it didn't end up worse. Yeah. But, wow, that was real careless of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, trauma. I'm trying to, let's do it. Um, I guess mine just kind of like tracks back to, uh, I guess the people pleasing thing. Like there was, there was a lot of times where like, I would just take the parts of myself that like I, I found unique or I really liked about myself and I would just lie about them. You know, like Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, my cousin, uh, uh, he's, I'm pretty sure he has Asperger's. Uh, love him to death, but he just really had like a hard time like socializing. So there would be a lot of times that we would go out, we'd be hanging out, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, we were playing Dungeons and Dragons." I'm like, "Josh, shut up! We didn't play Dungeons and Dragons. We were uh, playing football in <laughs> yeah. our man clothes." It's- <laughs> I was already great at improvising. Uh, (laughs) They're like, that sounds real weird. I wish you were just playing Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) In your little boy clothes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It probably would have been better. Um, But yeah, I guess it's it kind of just goes back to that, like where where you're you're giving away a part of yourself or putting yourself in a situation that you normally wouldn't, Mm. where you're like. What's what part do I have to what what do I have to answer correctly so that way you will feel for me the way that I feel mm-hmm, for you? Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's something that I've I've realized with time that like it's it's ultimately not worth because like that's not something I can maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because like I would you know I, I show up on a date and I'm like Hey baby, what's up? Like, how long can I do that voice? Like, how long can right. I, that's basically me trying to 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 be that person, this cool person? And yeah, there was just this idea that like I had to be a certain amount of cool, you know. I had to be a certain amount of where I would watch uh, like movies and stuff and see like what what how black people interacted with the world and be like, okay, I need to to reflect this. Um, you know, like something that, that that always gets that always gets like thrown around is people be like, oh, you know, like uh, you should tr- you should date my friend. She's into black guys, and I'm like, I'm not what she means by that. Uh, <laughs> like, I know what you mean, but I don't think I'm what she's looking for, and uh, like she's thinking a little bit cooler than me. Um, but it's 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 you know realizing after having healthier relationships, you know Amanda being one of those examples of of me being able to show up as my authentic self. 
and being able to see that like that's something that somebody can accept and the right person will accept yeah. uh, for a certain amount of time. Uh, <laughs> 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 but that, that amount of time is just as long as it lasts. And it, it's it's the, the amount of growing that I guess you kind of do from, you know, like we, we do learn all these really uh, powerful things from negative experiences, but I think Mm -hmm. you can learn just as much from the positive ones if you are able to walk away and frame them in a way that like, okay, like not everybody is going to like me. Not every girl that I like is going to feel the same way about me, but there is going to be somebody who feels the same way about me and it didn't take any extra effort. It didn't take, you know, me saying I like these kinds of movies and sitting through like two hours, you know, it's seven hours of a, of a TV show I don't care about to be like, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. we kissed her and sweet. This is, you know, this is great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think that, yeah, it's uh the, the extent that we go to, to, to try and feel love reciprocated is can be such a an interesting thing mm-hmm. um so you're uh go, go ahead go ahead mm-hmm. oh, no, oh you're you're, you're breathing yeah no 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 you're all good you're all good i, I ran out of stuff and i was just like uh, amanda fill it in um <laughs> ask questions I'm like, please i don't want to talk anymore about my yeah, shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like saying keep talking but yeah no i i guess it's it's just um i guess just really reframing things in a way that like going forward that every relationship whether it's a friendship whether it's a relationship that like you're not giving away parts of yourself and you're not putting yeah. yourself in situations that like you have to look back at and be like yeah that could have gone wrong it didn't but like you know the 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 fact that it didn't doesn't mean that it never will mm. and yeah and i I sometimes have that relationship with an audience as a whole in a sense that I will sometimes prioritize what I call the vibe of the room mm-hmm. over my personal safety. Mm. And as a woman, this is these are situations that we can get. I mean, it's a, like I said, a situation anyone can get into. Sure. Um, for example, I had a time and the show was over, but the audience was still there. I had a man come up and forcibly put his hands around me put his hands in my belt loops, pull me towards oh him God. and start talking about how he's always wanted to fuck me and his wife is totally okay with it. And I was trying to say, you know, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. And like I did the whole, like I put my hands on his chest. He was taller. He was bigger. And I mm-hmm. had my hands on his chest and I, I was being nice. I was being yeah. polite. Cause in my head I was like, I don't want to mess up this room. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the reason why people are suddenly uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I chose the room's comfort over, vibe your own. over my personal safety. Yeah. And that's one of those things like that I have to work on as a people pleaser. Like yeah. I, it is okay. It would have totally been okay. Yeah. Totally acceptable mm-hmm. for me to throw my hands up in the air and say I fuck? need help. Yeah. Or yeah. even get mad at him. Yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. Like, but instead no, I was you. like, nope. Yeah. We gotta keep this small. We have to keep this quiet. We have to yeah. keep this. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. That happens a lot of times too. Mm-hmm. Like people get drunk when I'm like hosting and afterwards they'll come up to me and tell me they want to do comedy. One time this guy like kept getting in my oh. space and he was an older gentleman and like the place I do comedy on Mondays is a gay bar. So he could have been gay. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's like consent mm-hmm. to put your hands all over me. Mm-hmm. But I was like hosting the Halloween costume party and he kept like putting his arm around me and I was like, hey, it'd be great if you didn't touch me right now. And like people laughed, but it's like, <laughs> it was to the point. I love you so much. <laughs> right. it was awesome. I was like, great. Yeah. Like it was just, it was short to the point. It wasn't super mean. And he like got the point. But yeah. I said it a few times yeah. and he was drunk and kept getting in my bubble. But it was like on stage during a costume contest. I just yeah. said it. 
it real quick and it was like funny enough and direct enough that he got the point and the yeah. room was like don't fuck with Amanda yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it didn't mess up the vibe of the room but like there's been times where I let people yeah. kind of you know keep doing whatever they're doing because I'm like well I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable mm-hmm. I don't want to be a bitch because then if like people feel weird now mm-hmm. that I said something it's yeah. heaven forbid when a woman stands up for her boundaries yeah yeah, she gets she's a label. She's a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you should just be okay with weird guys touching you. Yeah. yeah. He's gay, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter who the fuck it is. If yeah, it's a woman, yeah, yeah. If a woman getting handsy, I'd be like, all right, take it easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> if I didn't okay this, it's not okay. Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter right. who's doing it. doesn't matter the context under which they're doing mm-hmm. it. If I'm not cool, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. You didn't yeah. ask. Don't touch me. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, we are going to take a real quick commercial break and we're going to be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. We captured the taste and sound only here on Open Country. Sundays, noon to one with your host, Auntie Vandal. Folk music with Auntie Vandal. We captured the taste and sound on this open country, noon to one, Sundays, with your host, Auntie Vandal, here on Shady Pines Radio. We are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hi, friends. And Katie Epoch. Hey. Pew, pew. We are at the last section of the smoke break. One of my favorite parts where I get to ask the question, what are you excited for? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you got it. You're already ready. (laughs) So I am so excited because my... First comedy album is releasing yeah. next week, what? November eighteenth. I mean, it, it it's self produced. It was recorded live. There were not as many people in the room as I had hoped, um, but it's still like it releases mm-hmm. and yeah. it's self produced. I went through DistroKid to okay. distribute it, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so it's going to be on like Spotify and iTunes. And yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. It's really the culmination of six years of writing, uh-huh. and yeah. it's all the jokes that I, I'm ready let go yeah yeah yeah. and that it seems like that's the only way to truly properly honor your material yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so kind of tell people too with the album it's like i know comics who have a lot of material who've been doing it a long time they don't have an album it's like well you don't have to do those jokes anymore those jokes that work if you're tired of them you can Mm -hmm. almost retire them but immortalize them so they live on forever in this album and you never have to tell them again if you don't want to but people can listen to like the greatest hits if they want yeah yeah that that joke will still exist regardless Mm -hmm. of whether Mm -hmm. or not you continue telling it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really exciting yeah um so you you recorded your your first album how long is it uh, so it actually only turned out to be 33 minutes. 33 right. minutes? Hey, nothing yeah. wrong with I that. Mean, that's that's all anyone has attention for. The, well, mm-hmm. that I think it was because there were less people in the room, so mm-hmm. the laugh pranks weren't as long. Because mm-hmm. it's a, you know, obviously you run the same 45 for a year, two yeah. years, three years. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I knew it was 45 minutes material, mm-hmm. but it came down to 33. And mm-hmm. so I think it was yeah. just... Not as many laugh breaks. It doesn't mean that it's not hilarious. It's hilarious. Please yeah. listen. Oh, yeah. It's I'm great. Excited. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still, you know, 
it's still 33 minutes. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at either. Yeah, God totally. no, God no. I mean, that's uh, there's there's so many people like I I'm I'm meeting like a lot of like beginning comics that are just like, oh my God, you know, like why is this person getting booked? Oh my God, I should get on because I I can do 15 minutes and I'm like, okay, mm. well you might be able to talk for 15 minutes. Can you make jokes for 15? Mm. Well, isn't it the same thing? I'm like, no, it's not. It's yeah. really not. Yeah. It's, um, I think that people like over and under, um, like, I don't want to say exaggerate, but I think people either yeah. like over or undershoot how much time they mm-hmm. have. Yeah. And it depends on like how long they've been doing it. People who are newer think they have more time, but it's like, you might've done three different open mic sets. That doesn't mean that's 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And does it flow well together or is it really weird and choppy? Is it like yeah. hard to listen to unless yeah. it's in three, four minute sections or whatever? Yeah. Um, and then I know people who have like... I've seen them do it so many times in a couple mm-hmm. different 10 minute sets. So, like, I don't even know if I have 20 or 30. Yeah. Like, yes, you fucking Amanda's do. looking at me. Because, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, well, 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 I went on the road with Sabrina and she yeah, was okay, my feature yeah. when we went to Boise and she was like, I don't know, maybe like 15, 20. I was like, I bet you have the closer to 30. I yeah. bet. Because we had two different shows. And I was mm-hmm. like, you're doing 20 minutes twice. I bet you there's going to be like, there's there's not going to be exactly the same. And there's, mm-hmm. there's even stuff that she was like, oh, I didn't even do that joke or stuff. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we were, mm-hmm. remind each other of each other's material. So I think it just depends on like how how green is the person because the greener they are, they probably have less time they think. But if you've been doing it a while, probably I think that you probably you have more time than you think. And yeah. I've, I've done sets where it's like 30, 40. One time I did an hour when you were my feature up at mm-hmm. uh, wherever that was. Um, there was nobody in that room. <laughs> there was nobody. But I was able to talk for that long and do material that I hadn't done in a while. And I got yeah. off stage and I was like, fuck. And I realized I had stuff I didn't even say. So it's like yeah. I had more time than I thought because I was putting in maybe stuff that wasn't as funny mm. to fill the time, but then forgot things that I really wanted to do. So it's like, okay, you have to like constantly like glue it and cut it and glue it and copy and paste it oh, just yeah. over and over Absolutely. and over again. Absolutely. To get a solid like 30 to an hour is yeah. no small feat. So, oh yeah, congrats on that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. really it's really exciting. It's I'm in this transition where I'm going from having a production company and putting my whole all my people pleasing power into, you know, creating opportunity for other comics mm-hmm. yeah. and now transitioning into actually focusing on my career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the snow, so like I'm hoping this is the last road gig I do before mm-hmm. winter's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but I will have winter to try to create the best booking five minute video I can and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and start hitting the ground running yeah. and doing more road work. But I wouldn't have been able to do it had I not started prioritizing myself yeah yeah and part of that was to stop being chained to 17 plus shows a month on top of two open mics a week yeah and like making my life a dedication to other people Mm -hmm. which is what it turned into yeah yeah well and i i i like that you you framed it in that way of like the the i have spent my time Focusing on other people, mm-hmm. but now it's time for me to take that same exact energy, which is obviously very productive energy. That's why all these people got shows. That's why these shows existed. That's why mm-hmm. the mics existed. So it's you. You have the the ability to create. So being able to focus it more inwards. I I I can't wait to see what you come yeah, up with. I'm so excited, yeah. and it's um and part of the reason why I can do that is because there are more people in Bend now producing than there was when I started. You know, yeah. Tease Bang Boom is a new production company in Ben and they're coming out and they're, you know, they're doing shows at the places that I was doing and mm-hmm. they took over a mic that I was producing. Sure. So like there is at less stage time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But there's more time for you to like focus on what you want to do exactly. without all the pressures of everyone else yeah. too. There's less stage time that I 
am in control yeah. of. There's mm-hmm. less stage time yeah. that I am responsible for. Yeah. But the people pleaser in me is stoked that there's not less stage time for the scene as a whole. Yeah. Because there's a chance of that guilt. There's a chance like that that was if I like, don't do this, it can't be nobody can do it now. You yeah. Know? Like mm-hmm. exactly. there's not that space for somebody to show up now. Turning down shows was hard, even if I didn't want to do it, if it wasn't right for me, if I had too much on my plate. But if I turn it down for me, I'm turning it down for the other four mm-hmm. or five people that could also be in that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it it's been a real change in mentality. But also realizing this means that I do get to focus on providing local comics with new opportunities, too. Mm. I'm bringing a comic with me to the road gig in Portland tonight mm. who's nice. never done a road gig before. What? This is yeah. his first time getting out. That's cool. And I have you know one of the other one of our plus ones is also a comic. Nice. And so the more I will the more I will get out there, the more I can give people opportunity to experience yeah. it as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's, That's great. Awesome. Bringing people with you is, yeah. is a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish Amanda did that. Amazing. No, I'm oh, just shut kidding. Up. I'm just <laughs> going to do right? that for each other yeah, all the time. Hey, we have a show in December. <laughs> so Amanda, what are you excited for? Um, I'm excited. I just started. So before this, I um was bartending a brunch shift, training with my best friend and wife. We used to work together at a little crusty dive bar in Vancouver, <laughs> and we had so much fun. But we knew it wasn't gonna last forever. And mm. I'm glad that we both moved on and did other things. But <clears throat> she reached out to me. I was like, hey, we need like a Saturday, maybe Sunday, but for now, just Saturday. Brunch bartender. And it's a venue in Vancouver I've wanted to produce comedy at. And because now I'm working there, the owner is like, oh, yeah, what would she does comedy here? And Elizabeth is like, yeah, she's been wanting to do that for years. <laughs> it's just so funny. But I'm like, OK, cool. It's just like getting my foot in the door. Yeah. Kind of a cozy shift. It'll get busy, of course, but it'll be money. I work with my best friend. Yeah. And it kind of put my foot in the door to be like, I already do comedy in this area, mm-hmm. you know, and it's close to home. It's not in Portland and it's to bring more comedy to the Vancouver area. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. excited to, you know, maybe produce another um, show that's kind of my thing, um, which I have wanted to in a long time, but yeah. I've wanted this venue for a while. So it's like if I can focus on doing something um, here. We'll see. Hopefully on Sundays at Brickhouse. Stay tuned, everybody. Okay. Uh, but I'm very yeah. excited about oh, that's that. That's really so. awesome. Well, it's, it's I've 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 watched you kind of produce a lot over the years, and I've seen the the burn. Excuse me, the burnout that kind of comes with that. Oh yeah, and, uh, mm, that's uh, why yeah. when Katie was going through, I was like, "Girl, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. I yeah. can feel it. I can feel it over, <laughs> over it's here. Hard. It is. And I feel like burnout is so common. Yeah, within you know especially like comedy production. Mm-hmm. And I've always equated that first of all to imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Cause everyone deals with that all the time. Everyone has imposter syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. but I've always thought that it doesn't help that there is no accreditation for comedy production whatsoever, mm-hmm. or even, you know, many sure. other art forms. There's sure. no, there is nothing and no one that can come to you and, you know, take the saber on your shoulder and say, I have now dubbed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Able to do this. Yeah. yeah. You should do yeah. this. Keep doing it until you either yeah. are successful or you're so tired you stop. So you pretty <laughs> or both. much. I guess you can be successful and also stop too. Yeah. It's one of those careers where you have to say that to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And no. then that's and then the imposter syndrome gets to you. And then you make decisions. People get mad at them mm. and it pokes holes into that. Impo- well, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Because yeah. totally. you, you have nothing to stand on in terms mm-hmm. of no, no, no. This thing says that I can make this decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being like ready to do it is really important. Um, I like, did it out of necessity because I wanted to, you know, make shows and make spaces for yeah. things to grow. And then it became 
just like a burden. And then I kind of, I burned out and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to produce with anyone but me. And Mm -hmm. I had like, my friend kind of like, convinced me to help but then he kind of stepped back and i was like did you just trick me into doing this again what the fuck james uh james tolson <laughs> yeah i was like let's get the My full friend. name in there yeah. <laughs> uh but he was even someone who said like hey i think that you know you should find something that's yours i think you'd be ready to produce <clears throat> something with your name and your like talents when you're ready i would love for you to do that and i'm just like yeah Come November, I feel like I'm going to be out of a bad relationship. I'm going to be, you mm-hmm. know, focused on myself and what I want to do. So I'm excited to do that. Yes. What are you excited for, Zane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I excited for? Um, So I uh, I spoke a little bit on our last episode about having celebrated my two years of sobriety. Yay. Nice. Super grateful for that. Super grateful for that. Um, but I guess besides that, tonight, um, right after this show, I'm heading over to a, to do a music show. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm super super grateful just to <clears throat> to have multiple, I guess, outlets um, because there was a period where. Uh, I guess like either comedy or music was my only thing. And if I wasn't getting booked in that, then I felt like I didn't have worth. And there's, I, I feel like we have that tendency to mm-hmm. kind of tell, tie our self worth to the bookings, mm-hmm. uh, which is why a lot of people get upset with that is because mm-hmm. they're like, well, if I'm not booked, then I'm not worth something. And that's your fault. Yep. Uh, but uh, on top of that, I've also decided with, uh, with Taylor Barrett and Scott mm-hmm. Stills that yeah. we're going to start a music comedy show. Yeah. Hell yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do some riffing and stuff i think like the three of us oh, just like ri- oh man it's, it's, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun and um i feel like i finally have space for it um there was you know definitely a period where i was i was busy for the sake of being busy and overworking yourself overworking yourself myself out, burning myself uh, yeah, still yeah. Learning that, so. okay okay we don't need to keep listing right. no, 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 I'm, just, I'm just i'm just kidding but we all three have dealt with all of those things <laughs> yes. overwork burnout yeah yeah, yeah 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 but it's 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 you you do that I feel like it's it's almost an inevitability mm-hmm. in a lot of cases is you burn yourself out and it's it's how you bounce back from that. It's, oh, totally. It's when you, you, you have those you boundaries step, though you do. now yeah. because you don't want to burn out again. Exactly. So you know what you can handle. And you, you know what to say it. yes to. You know what to say no and to. you're happy to say no because you realize if I say yes and I don't want to, I remember what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think something that's that's really been helpful for me is just the idea of framing like, if I'm saying no to someone else, I'm saying yes to myself. Yeah. And that's that's something that like I have to remember as a people pleaser is that like I'm not I it's I it's it's like kind of like a transitive thing. Like I have to make a trade. There has to be an exchange. Mm-hmm. Somebody, not everybody is going to walk away from this is as a win-win. Not every situation can be a win-win, but like in situations where it's not harmful. I have to be able to say yes to myself. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited to to be working on music. I have a new song. I have a new song that's uh it's it's right there. It's right there. I'm fucking Mm -hmm. telling you, it's gonna be super dope. Got some new music coming out um by the end of the year. I don't think I'm gonna have an EP done by the end of the year, but I've I've maybe some singles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get like I probably have like two singles uh going and I have like, you know, uh, a bunch of new comedy. So I I try to to frame things in a way where I'm I'm not saying, 
look at the things I don't have and look at the yeah. things that I do. You there you know? go. So yeah. Uh, yeah, there's always something you don't have, but focus on what you do. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Like look that. at the things that you have created. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm just definitely I'm excited to be alive. I'm excited to be taking advantage of that opportunity, and I'm Yay. excited to be uh, working with some really awesome people. So yes. Katie, thank you so much for joining of us. Of course, yeah. absolutely, you. absolutely. I uh, I'm excited for you to. You guys have a show after this. Yeah, Sanctuary Sex Club, 8 p.m. every second Saturday. I now host uh, and book. Uh, that show. Yeah. So I took that over. Uh, thanks to Todd Armstrong for handing me that. And I get to book um, a lot of fun people. We get to do dirty jokes and have our tits out. It's yes. great. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dope. Well, if you guys are watching live, go ahead and try and go catch that. And mm-hmm. other than that, this has been The Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines and Pretty Dope Experience. Bye, friends. <laughs>